0: podcast from two and a Mike is i think it's really cool and um that is what i wanted to say two and a mic. Two. two, two, two. Lana says, when people say I'm a strong woman, I'm okay with it. Lana has always struck me as a person who is in control of her own thoughts, is confident in her approach, and knows how best to manage a situation. Within that dynamic is the sense of trust she exudes. You can depend on her. That is why she was able to manage Amnesty International Deutschland and is currently managing SOS Kinderdorfer in Germany. A challenge is only a challenge when met. There are a number of Amnesty International and SOS Kinder organisations around the world, but that doesn't make them any less exceptional. The people who work for these organisations are all gifted with a sense of obligation that drives them to actively contribute. There are hordes of volunteers who dedicate so much of their time to helping others, and their efforts are greatly appreciated. In this talk, Lana broaches many topics. Gender equality and diversity are major themes. And with such a personalized approach, she explains vividly exactly why she's so committed to her job. Lana, thank you very much for joining me. It's great to see you again
1: great to see you again has been quite a time
0: it has indeed and uh, actually it's funny you say that because one one of my one of my initial questions was going to be how come it's taken so long
1: because I changed my job and that's (laughs) actually the main reason because um, and I was very busy so uh, you know I used to be managing director of Amnesty International Germany and now I am um, Executive Board of SOS Kinderdörfer worldwide, which is a challenge and a great challenge, but we had a war starting on the 24th of February, and that caused our organization a lot of, um, you know, strength, attention, all of it. So um, I've been very, very busy in the first two to three months. And now it's three and a half months. And that's why we got back into contact, because I have the feeling I'm kind of not ahead of the game. In this case, Mr. Putin is definitely, unfortunately. But um, I'm sorted out now.
0: Hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's some people would have so many questions. Okay, SOS Kinderdeaf. Let's start there. So in English... Children's SOS Children's Villages, okay? Yeah, right. right. Um, now, you're the head of the German yes. chapter, I guess. Okay, all right. So some people might then ask, okay, if you're head of the German chapter, then why are you so busy with what's happening in Ukraine? And the answer for that would be...
1: Well, this is a longer answer, and <laughs> I don't want to bore anybody. There's a very boring organizational structures, but I try to make it short. First of all, I'd like to remind you uh, as an English speaker that the word kinder is pretty well known in the English language, so that's why I didn't translate it. We do that, Children's <laughs> Villages International and sometimes CVI, yeah, but uh, that's why uh, I leave it very often with the kinder because the people do understand and the whole organization is in 137 countries it's 1.5 billion uh, each year. So it is so big that I might hope that some of the people who are listening to us know what, uh, who we are. Now, Kinderdörfer was founded in Austria and uh, by Hermann Meiner just after the Second World War and he lost his parental care. So his sister had to take over. And that's in, principally, in principle the idea. So and then it grew worldwide, um, quite massively. And of course, in Ukraine. In Ukraine, there was many family centers, kindergartens, but also social stations, a children program for foster children, for children in alternative care. And yes, the section of Ukraine is independent. But you must imagine in what situation they are. They are the, the workers, there are in uh, refuge themselves, you know, and they had to we are evacuate uh, many children to Poland, to Czechoslovakia, to Romania, etc. And from our position, not just solidarity, but also to collect the funds to support them with what they need on a personal and on organizational level, of course, ask the complete um, European um SOS network to support there. That. And that's why we've been so busy. Also, Germany is by far the strongest financial by far unit of the whole organization. So it is our especially our duty to support them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can only imagine how troubling it must have been. So as you said, you just started the job. So you're just, you know, you're getting your feet under the desk and then boom, you're suddenly thrown into this chaos. I mean, what kind of stuff have you been doing?
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, first of all, yes, after three and a half weeks. And I I have to say, I even got COVID in the first week. So so, so my start at this job wasn't the perfect one. But I have to say, I can't, I can't even, I can't talk about myself after the pain and uh, destruction and, and injustice I have seen uh, in Ukraine. Um, and so it is when my mother is from north of Germany, she would just say, you know, pull yourself together and work and that's what I've done and nearly everybody else which i'm very proud of so we collected around 16 million euros extra and we started to uh, to set up as much as we can and we keep going and one thing i'd like to remind you as we are in all of these countries we have a problem with price rising no access to energy in many countries in africa north africa in the middle east in the caucasus So currently, our main focus is on our other locations who do suffer because they don't even take part in the market anymore for gas and oil. And a lot of the power production goes through generators in these countries. So the the, the worldwide crisis, uh, it is, and it's much bigger than Ukraine.
0: yeah Yeah. i mean spontaneously if somebody were to say that this is essentially uh, an organization that looks after kids um, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't stop there does it because you've got to put all of these different elements into it you need to be in some ways uh, almost like energy specialists or super traders or um, Uh, just the other specialties involved no
1: yes absolutely i mean it is because first of all the concept is that it's we're concentrating on children at the risk of losing parental care so that's about 200 million on the on the planet but we actually have in care 77 thousand which is a large number but it could be larger so of course and um we have a lot of employees to look after as well. So you could say we even, an, um, uh, not even a medium size, but now we, we are a big uh, um, uh, organization, and we are uh, giving a lot of jobs. It's about, it's more than thirty thousand. So, and in this case, you're absolutely right. I mean, that is why I completely believe in that you uh, should cross borders, because I'm actually an economist, I come from the world of finance and banking, and I only joined the nonprofit sector like uh, five years ago, and now it really helps that I have this macroeconomic view on things and uh, I, but I have to say I don't have many peers and so this is always something I really wish for that more people from the industrial would actually join um, and the other way around by the way. so it helps some bankers to have a little bit bigger heart <laughs> if it would uh, be some crossing borders in, in the other direction.
0: Yeah I mean which also brings into you know t- to account I guess in many ways how we met. So through uh, first of all I have to say that we were introduced by a mutual friend Nicole. so thank you, Nicole. Um, yes, thank you, Nicole. <laughs> um, and this is while you were at Amnesty in Deutschland. So um, was, it, was, it, was Amnesty then your first foray into uh, NGOs, yeah?
1: Yes and no. It was the first time I worked with a salary for an NGO. I have actually spent, I would say, all my grown-up life investing my spare time voluntarily in NGOs. I even uh, founded one myself. I collected money i'm a board member of cultural organizations for example like the villa romana or advisory boards but not just on that level i really absolutely believe that it is very important to work on the ground so for example i work voluntarily in an uh, uh, obdachlosen so homeless uh, care so i've done that all my life so on a volunteer basis um, not, um, but the uh, amnesty was the first management job. So, uh, and there was it was really interesting then for me from the non from the profit management coming to the non-profit.
0: Yeah. Okay. And and what was your kind of mentality? What was your approach? So when you first went in there, you you sort of put yourself in the chief's chair. You're like, okay, what do I want to do?
1: First of all, Zach, I never do that. <laughs> um, <I laughs> Damn. Never- <laughs> never put myself in the chief's chair. I remember the first time I went on director level in the banking sector, I, they wanted me to to actually order new furniture for my office. And I looked at them and I say, are you? Mm, mm, no, I didn't say that, but I meant it. Are you not? And no, we must have something in the cellar. I, I don't believe in this kind of hierarchy stuff and status symbols. So I've never done that and I would never do it. But from a symbolic, and I'm sure you meant that, Mm -hmm. um, it felt, I mean, I was very sweetly welcomed in Amnesty and also now at SOS Kinderdorfer. It's really interesting. So there is a lot of emotional and social competence in the non-profit sector when it comes to welcoming people, treating people with respect, etc., I'm not saying that the banking sector didn't have that, but there are, especially when you start, I just give you an example. I actually got a kind of play from the the co-workers at Amnesty, and they made, they actually put in some theatre action where they work, etc., as a welcome session, which I thought was gorgeous.
0: Wow. That's very special, isn't it? You, you yeah. wouldn't expect that walking into a bank, would you?
1: Yeah. And I have to admit, and they know that because I already, when I, I left, uh, I had a speech and I said to them, well, you know what my banker brain immediately did? Oh, my God, how much did that cost to prepare? <laughs> 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 so, um, but I didn't show it. And, um, and I learned, so I think that was very good invested time because I actually managed that I much easier understood the organization by doing it that way. But of course, there are some things maybe that are not as professional as they are in this other world. Not judging it, but uh, when it comes to IT, you know, I love IT. I had a lot to do there and there's still a lot to be done. This is also a reason why I said like crossing these nonprofit profit sectors is a very important thing to do.
0: Mm, okay. I mean, sp- having spoken with a number of people that you worked with at Amnesty, um, a- everybody is, you know, phenomenally complimentary towards you. I don't need to say that. I'm sure they've communicated this yourself, themselves. Um, but mm-hmm. what yeah, <laughs> no surprise there. Um, but what, what comes across is that you, hard but fair, um, I- in reference to you, um, but also open, transparent, as in, you know, people knew what they got with you. Um, Is that like your mission statement for for how you do things?
1: You know, it's interesting when other people write your mission statements, but (laughs) (laughs) I I have never thought about it. I think maybe authentic is a very important word in there. And, you know, I was always a very bad actor. I mean, I love theater, but don't put me on stage. I can be (laughs) myself, but I can't be somebody else. It's impossible. So yes, people know exactly what they get from me. That is by the way, the reason why I never do play poker again because (laughs) that is not, you need exactly the opposite talent for that. I don't have it. Um, So yes, no, that's true. And hard just for amnesty i would say um, i heard uh strong somebody who goes into discussions all the time um but i do think i'm also learned i learned i had to learn it to listen you know and that's what i did with amnesty and i'm doing it now again you know for me the first hundred days are 100 days of listening and very little acting even so i remember somebody from amnesty Dido, uh, uh, by the way, also thank you, said to me after three weeks or something, you have changed more in three weeks than somebody else and you didn't do in three years. <laughs> so I didn't have the expert. I didn't I didn't feel it that way. But it's um, yeah, everything in life is about perspectives.
0: Mm, yeah, um, there's a lot of importance to to words. I mean, I think you 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 and I tend to be tend to choose words specifically for specific reasons. And I didn't use the word strong um, because I think um, th- this to me is a bit like a, a sort of uh, how would you say it? It's, it's, it's like positive discrimination. If you say somebody's a strong woman, then what right. you're saying is that's an exception. And so that's why I didn't want to use that term in itself. Um oh. but, but how you. do you? But how do you feel about that? I mean, if somebody says you, she's a strong woman, I suppose you could say, "Yeah, all right, thanks." But it
1: depends, really, who says it. Okay. To be honest, and I thank you so much for it because, of course, I have um, experienced many discrimination, especially by men, in my career. So I'm really grateful for it. But I have to say that. And and I'm not a native English speaker. I do think I speak it quite well, but uh, I wouldn't get that little difference which I would get if I use the German language. Now, when people say about me, I'm a strong woman, then I'm actually okay with it. Uh, What I'm not okay with is, for example, bossy. I had that. I think of my ex-boyfriends, you know, made a description of me which wasn't a kind similar, but it was not the same. One of them I'm not talking to anymore and one of them I'm still friends with. And you can guess who was who. One said I would be so strong and fragile at the same time and the other said I um, would be so bossy and childish at the same time. Um, Now I think that it's very easy who I don't talk with anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough.
1: Yeah, and... You know, and this is, I mean, women always have that problem if they are, let's call what you said, um, hard or tough or strong, that this is, and many pictures in the mind, then they have the picture of a man, you know, and, you know, and that's considered to be not female. And I mean, um, this this is a huge issue and it's always following me, but I learned one thing. it doesn't help in that moment if I answer with aggression, because I want to change the world. I'm a clear change maker. I don't want to accept things like there are. And so I need to use my brain, you know, to, 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 uh, and so I like to explain, I make a joke about it. For example, I used humor a lot for, you know, giving the other person uh, a feedback that that wasn't good. And uh, with some people, um, I must say, I don't bother taking the um, the energy. I just
0: okay.
1: let it pass and concentrate on the ones where I think it's worth it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned then also before that you've had a career in banking. That's basically you, the finance sector is where you, I suppose, cut your teeth initially. And yes. uh, yeah, okay. Um A very conservative male-dominated sector. Um,
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I I remember once speaking with um, a a lady and she said that um, when she was growing or uh, doing her career through, uh, I think it was also in banking, she said that she got to the level, perhaps a similar level that you did, um, but she said that she had to almost behave like a man to achieve that level, and it was only when she, that she got to it that she she thought, I've been doing this wrong. Why why can't I do this as a woman? Um, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Is that how you also would feel about?
1: Yes, absolutely. But I have to say, I mean, I don't know if I told you, but I actually does trainings in the financial industry and keynotes um, about exactly that subject. And I take myself as an example. I support strongly to get more women into leading positions. And I work that, again, voluntarily, more or less. And so I can, and I share then, and I do that now with you and all the listeners, I share what I experienced in in a nutshell. So when I joined, I was pretty naive. You know, I coming from a left-wing academic uh, family, I didn't understand, I left in a bubble that there was still a huge issue out there. And that was sexism every single day. You know, if you want to make a career and if you are on that system and you are on the bottom of the power ranking, you adjust. So that's what I did as well. Again, being me and being very authentic, I think I cannot I did not try it to change to a man, but to some of their um, characters or. So, for example, not to be emotional at any time. I. When I train women now, which I also do, I say, and every single day, don't be afraid of emotions. That's something that men told you for 30 years or 40, 50 years, how long you work, whatever. That this is not suitable with a management position, and they tell you because they are in competition with you. So it's absolutely bullshit. Excuse my language. Uh, And it is um, for them, it's passion. For you, it's emotional. And I I had to cry, you know, from time to time, I had to cry at work, it happens, you know, and I would do everything to hide it. And uh, so I would hide in the car park, um, because that's more or less the only place apart from the toilet. And that can be tricky, because other women can see you to hide my tears. And then I wouldn't do that anymore. But I had a kind of an awakening at a certain point, And I did understand that freedom comes with power. So I wanted power. And in that moment, I was on a level where I thought it's possible. I completely thrown everything away. I, For example, I wore dresses which were hardly covering my and very short, high heels, long hair. I said to everybody, I am the woman and you can see it. You know, and I choose what I wear because I got told I should wear in a way, clothes in a way that men are mend and doesn't get distracted. Well, that's exactly what the Taliban said three days ago in Afghanistan when they gave the reasoning why women should wear a burqa. Yes. Yeah, so I. Hi, guys. You know, um, when you talk badly about that, think about yourself, you know, and, uh, and these kind of things. And then I decided to be myself. Now, I don't want to start to talk about what's female and male, because I think it's not the place here yet to do. And actually, my English is not good enough, I think, to do that. So I was picking some of them, but I really, truly tried to be myself, which was not always easy. And on the closing stuff, I even got a complaint from the workers' union that I would not represent the bank in an appropriate way. I actually thought it was hilariously funny.
0: (laughs) and this so you you so this was in frankfurt i guess yeah, uh, oh, yeah. okay all right um but i mean you you've also had experience then either through as in your career then or as a keynote speaker with other uh, sort of uh, cultures within the banking sector
1: you mean other uh, oh i mean let's okay Let's start with the word diversity and now okay, when we talk about, we've talked about women, discrimination, and now you ask me for culture. Now, in general, in the financial industry in Germany and Frankfurt, there's very little diversity. There is, um, for example, uh, when I like 20 years ago, nobody would admit that he or she is gay. And it's very randomly today the case, first of all, second of all. It is uh, female discrimination and for example, uh, and sexual violence, sexual discrimination, full on, got a little bit better because there was one or two scandals, but it is still on a daily level. It's there. Now, I'm a child from a migration background. Did I have many peers? Mm. No. Nope. And that's the problem with all kinds of uh, minorities and marginalized groups. You know i had nobody to 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 join forces yeah so that's another there's a high level of classism Uh, and there is a lot of gatekeepers who actually make sure that these kind of people do not come as women gay straight whatever and into it black hardly anybody they have now and that's why i got very often invited found that diversity is important for them. But Zach, very importantly, I wouldn't like to send a message. I still like the banking sector and the same situation at Amnesty. So the level of diversity you would expect in the nonprofit sector is much better, um, but it's not.
0: Okay, All right. yeah, we just lost you a little bit there. So basically, you just said that there are similarities with the banking sector as to which, with regards to diversity and also amnesty and as well as kinder basically.
1: Yes, correct. Very obviously, in the power positions, it's white dominated It's not anymore male-dominated in the non-profit sector, but it's not the other way around either. So there's still a long way to go. Uh, but you would think that the 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 understanding of this would be much better in the sector, and uh, I did realize it's not much better, maybe here and there a little bit.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, so, would you consider yourself because it's you said you, you are a change maker, as it is, and you bring about change, you bring about development. You, you know, you, this is one of the sort of key elements to what you bring to an organization. Would you yes. call yourself then progressive?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it like that, but it's one of the words I really like. Even I know it's arrogant to say that about yourself, but I do realize it so often that even my age, I'm not fitting in. I so often agree with the youngster so much more so under 25 than I do agree with my peers. And I use the word change maker because. I re- realized at a certain level that humans, you can really put them into two pots. Either they like change or they're afraid of change. And I even love change, which doesn't mean that I force people into change, but it keeps me awake. And that's also why I'm trying to step into different worlds to, to learn and to change perspective and actually finally to become a better human, you know? Uh, to do that and I'm convinced that that helps a lot because taking a different perspective uh, is the first step for awareness which then is absolutely basic for change so change doesn't mean that I'm going into an organization and say everything changes now because I'm so clever you know I try to help the people and everybody there we're starting to go into awareness into reflection and then together we find the way, how fast and how good we can change.
0: Yep. So you, you essentially um, empower others uh, to identify uh, a way that they themselves can you know, make the change as well, uh, perhaps with you in tandem. But uh, as, as an, it's a joint undertaking. It's a partnership.
1: Definitely, it's a partnership, but I have to say that now I'm playing what you played with me ten minutes ago. (laughs) Empowerment is a word which I don't like to use that much. Okay, uh, because look at it, yeah, it does immediately give you a hierarchy. Somebody is empowering uh, is empowering somebody else. I don't see it that way. I'm just there in a space, you know, and I can give advice or I can. I can learn a lot as well through the listening, et cetera. And yes, it's a partnership, that's it for sure. But um, I also, I like to make people, uh, to see other people to really, um, especially for example, women uh, that other people see them, but uh, I don't empower them because they do that themselves.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, no, it's great. I'm I'm so happy when somebody disagrees with the word that I use, Um, even though I like to think about my words and use them carefully, but it's great to have it thrown back at me. Um, Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think though power can also, and this concept of power, it's, it's not necessarily connected to your job description or your wage packet, but it's your character, isn't it? Which gives you, you know, that power, the way other, as in people would perhaps sit with you for five minutes and then all of a sudden they'll okay, this is somebody I can follow.
1: Yeah, maybe now get now we're really getting into words in my other passion. <laughs> leadership is maybe the word for that, mm. what you just described, not yep. power. Mm-hmm. You're right, and I also believe in it. I should for example, I think leadership should be even to be trained in schools. Yeah. And I mean, and leadership, I mean, collaborative leadership. Yeah. But, uh, power. I would slightly disagree because power is a system and not a character or something. And, uh, in a system, it's very difficult. uh, And it's uh, it's a system you need to understand and you need to kind of play. Um, and not be afraid of it and understand that power can be positive in that system. It really depends how you use it. But I, for me, I, I don't think I was born with it or have that ab- capability. Maybe like that. I need to think about it more, but we're going to see each other more
0: often. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, one thing which definitely comes out, well, many things come up, but let's focus on one at a time. It's um, you, you have a certain humility. So you, you've done a lot of uh, voluntary work. Um, you, you still do. Um, and yet at the same time, you say that you need to become or you wish to become a better person. Um, and it seems to me it's that that level of humility, which um, suggests to me that you you already are, but you don't feel it's enough.
1: Yeah, it's never enough. Um, <laughs> okay, I try to explain with something what uh, from from my experience. And let's come back to the word diversity and that experience. My children are from Haiti. And I must say, even in the first couple of years of life and everything before, I had to come to the point to look at that face as seeing myself as a racist. And yes, I was not aware of it, yeah? And I thought I would have, you know, completely say I was not, you know? But actually I have been. It's so deeply in our upbringing Yeah, it's so, uh, I never understood that there is a concept like whiteness. I never really understood how terrible colonialism was. Um, Yeah, and all that it's uh, that I needed to change the perspective through the, um, first through the eyes of my children and how they were treated by society and people I liked and loved. So then, that experience, in a way, made me aware, made me start to reflect. And now these days, and then you could say it kind of made me a better person. Now we could stop there. But if I stop there and don't confront other people in my way uh, with it, then it's a problem. For example, um, I just experienced last week in my organization, somebody wrote an email that Diversity is a niche subject, you know. Then there was uh, somebody wanted to publish something about uh, the violation of um, gay people in the world. I mean, there were um, eighty countries where right, human rights of uh, because of sexual orientation are violated. And again, that person said it's a niche. Yeah. What? What? In that moment. person doesn't even think about the situation that on the distribution list of that email probably somebody was with that background it's fully discriminating Hmm. yeah not aware of it now that's why i say is now what do i do now do i talk with them about it yes i will yeah and i will uh take that as an example other world in the bank yeah I was invited to a bank like a couple of weeks ago to have a keynote and the chair of the board, you know, you would automatically put, let's say more in the right bubble, but he wasn't. He was excellent. He was so aware that diversity matters in our society. He was so careful with his words. He was really very impressive man. Now, if I would um, say that, I'm, I'm, I'm on the level of him, no, I'm not, because it was much more difficult for him in his world to treat, to, to be that way. So there is always something, you know, um, you need to develop to, to and learn from other people. And that makes you strong to speak to person A in my organization who doesn't understand that the behavior he's putting in place and even writing about it is already discriminating. So, and not talking about a niche, you know, it shows very much that the setup of the thinking is that, you know, sexual orientation should be hetero and normal, which is not right, which mm. is not correct. you know. And this is what I mean, you know, it is not that easy. And um, I think I will be when I'm dying, I, I, have, I have not developed yet. And uh, there is still enough to do, and it will give something to me back. Mm,
0: yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's not that easy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, but it's an absolutely admirable quality. Is in like even the, you know the scouting system. They also have this you know upwards onwards. So you develop yourself, and then that way you can help others. But it's always there's always uh, something new to learn. There's always a new level to reach, and so on. So it's uh, you know an, an admirable quality in a person. Um, you know, when you talk, I can hear so many different avenues and uh, there's so many questions jump to my mind, but we, you know, we can't put everything into, um, you know, our first session together, but I, I want to just say two words and then I'd like you to tell me what you think of when I mention these two words. Yeah. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Bossy bees.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, um, that's a collective. I found it together with uh, a group of women, businesswomen from the uh, financial sector, very young also. So we are in an age between, let's say, beginning of 20s, middle of 50s, and uh, it's a coach, it's, but it's mainly pe- uh, women from the, uh, who work in finance. And we founded that collective to actually offer workshops, offer trainings and safe spaces for women in that industry and also want to start a platform to network. Even so, I had the word network, but that could be the subject to another talk because I belo- believe in rope teams um, because they're much more reliable than these networks. Anyway, um, and bossy bees, um, you know, it's very difficult to go with the subject, there should be more women in leading positions in the financial sector, because the financial sector even underperforms the industrial sector in Germany, which is bad. Just yesterday or two days ago, the Albright Foundation brought out a report saying that, for example, in family-owned businesses in Germany, only 8%, 8.6% of the men management positions in total are women. Isn't that terrible? It's, it's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. And um, and taking into account there are some major players in Germany still family owned. Yeah. And um, this is there. So it's very hard to to change that in the financial industry. So it needs to be women who are inside. But that uh, is also good that I'm not in, inside anymore because I'm not in uh, part of the power system. So I usually are the opener, the door opener and start the conversation about why they are not diverse, why they don't have women enough in the leading position. But we did make experience that uh, sometimes it gets pretty tough for us and we get very defensive feedback and reaction from men, which you would, for example, in the public sector don't do anymore. And there is a lot of talking about language which isn't appropriate. And that's something you will have to go along with uh, for a while, at, at least. I mean, I debate, but you can't debate 40 people six hours who are all on the other side. You know, so that's a tough job. And the bossy, you, you've just heard from me the story that one ex of mine called me bossy. And I was like, you know, <laughs> didn't call me strong or, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, or uh, tough. And then... This is to discriminate women to be like men, and it's a negative for men and he is like powerful and all that. And the bees, I mean, uh, in German, and I'm sure in many other languages, it's, it's the fleissige uh, Bienchen. so the, the, the bee which is, you know, doing all the small stuff, quantitative, making sure it's all correct, etc. And women are very often put in that position to be somebody who works for somebody, to be the strong woman behind him. And we want to get out of that situation. And that's it's a little bit provocative to call ourselves bossy bees, um, but um, that's the reason for it. And we have a native English speaker in the team. And actually, it was her idea. So she's from Australia. She's cool.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's a great idea, and I have to say, I'm I'm always um, uh, pleased uh, to see so many of these. Yeah, you because know, they're energetic, innovative, fresh. You know, all of these organizations that I see, which uh, promote women, which promote the rights of uh, discriminated uh, genders, I find them all to be very, you know, very fresh, very. Um, um what's another word I mean it just innovative you know they bring something new progressive, and just, maybe absolutely progressive why not <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know, because because they also know that they have a huge challenge before them but that that doesn't mean that they should like, leave it to somebody else they step up and um you know, they put everything that you know out in the open and say this is what we want to do um, and, and it's so great to see. So you know, I love talking to people who, who have that kind of approach and so much to contribute.
1: Absolutely. I agree. And that we ne- definitely need male uh, allies. So you should join us because, uh, you know, it is so important. And uh, we, uh, once we cooperated with the Albright Foundation and it was a male person and even a director who spoke to other men. And we could see that that makes a difference. So out there to all the males we need your support and just to let you all know um assets in the world just the the owning of assets all assets in the world just changed like i think it was half a year ago so more asset is now with female than with male so it's also a very good business investment you know, the reason for that is obviously that women live longer and inheritance, heritage, et cetera. So men, you're losing it anyway because you're dying earlier. And as long as you do that, you know, at a certain way, at a certain point, it makes very much sense to invest in us. If you don't believe like me in equality, do it because of that reason. And I'm sure you wouldn't. You do it because of equality.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm so interested in, uh, the bossy bees. I, I would, I'm, I'm there. Um, yeah, just, just great. tell me, just tell me where and when I'm there. Um, okay. and that's Excellent. it. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Um, yeah, Lana, again, it's just so, it's great to speak with you. It's great to even greater to listen to you. Um, and I'm really appreciative of your time and I really look forward to our next session. So thank you very, very much for joining me.
1: Yeah same um, back it's really a pleasure and i will think tonight about the thing of power what you addressed and about leadership (laughs) that was interesting good question
0: brilliant all right all the best to you and all of your projects and i look forward to our next one
1: yes Um, thank you very much um, bye-bye two Two. and um my Two and a mic. Like